It's a beautiful day out here where I am. Hope it's a beautiful day where you are. Welcome back to another edition of Mark Talk. I am Mark, your host, your your fearless leader, your, I guess, your prime ranter. You can call me that. There you go. Prime ranter Mark. <laughs> that's, that's my Star Wars name. Prime ranter Mark. Yeah, that sounds like something from Star Wars, right? I, uh, I'm sorry. I'm a casual fan at best. Uh, hopefully, uh, the, uh, the amazing Ken Napsok doesn't hear that and come down and scold me. But, uh, anyway, I'm not even going to edit that. I'm going to leave it in. I'm going to leave it in. going to leave it in and uh, just kind of go with it. Hello, hello, and welcome. It's been, uh, been a hot minute. I apologize. I know sometimes these episodes don't come out as uh, consistently as I would like, and I'm sure it annoys those of you who listen. I, 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 I get it. I'm trying. Sometimes I don't have a lot to say. Even when there are things going on in the uh, in the geek spectrum or just out in the world in general, sometimes I just have to sit there and go, nope, I cannot form words. I cannot uh, come up with anything remotely interesting to say. I kind of feel like that right now, but I I feel like I owe it to you, the, the audience, and to me, the speaker, to say something, you know, and I'll get, you know, it's, it's, it's also a kind of a, uh, it's a discipline thing, you know, you started this, uh, this, this, this machine, now you gotta see it through, you know, it's basically making myself, uh, pepping myself up to get this thing going to make sure that I continuously do it because I enjoy doing it and I want to do it. So I have to make myself do it. It's almost like uh, having writer's block. Writers, you know, they, they, they go through that sort of thing, but it's a mental game. Sometimes you just have to push through and make yourself write even when you think there is nothing to write about. When you've got nothing left in the tank, you just gotta, you just gotta push on through got nothing in the tank, then get out of the car and just push it. So that's what we're doing. Uh, what's been going on? Well, I just came back at the time of this recording. I just came back from a uh, weekend excursion in the Big Easy, New Orleans, NOLA, Louisiana. I was there for a bachelor party weekend. Not a night, but a weekend several nights technically I guess say uh, you know we were there for for uh, four days four days we were there and uh, it started off as just uh, three then became four of us and then the the rest of our party joined us the day later so uh, uh, the groom and myself were there for four days and uh, in a word, the trip was successful in that we accomplished, uh, the, the, the goal was to have fun. The goal was to, uh, get a bunch of guys together, have some good times, some good drinks, some good food, and just, just have a good time. 
We accomplished that goal. So in a word, it's successful. But if I had to give it another word, I would say exhausting. I'm still tired. And I've been home for a couple days now. Exhausting. A lot of walking around. Uh, they say you're supposed to get, what, your 10,000 steps in a day? Uh, try try 50,000. It certainly felt like 50,000 a day. It was... Um, it was a lot of walking around and the heat, my God, the heat, the humidity that, you know, I went to college in, uh, in Oxford, Mississippi, uh, at Ole Miss near the Delta. So you'd think, and also, you know, spending, uh, all of my life going back and forth from, from Nashville to Mississippi, uh, for, for, you know, family trips, uh, my parents being from Mississippi originally, and them having all their family just about in that area, going back and forth all my life. So you would think I'd be prepared for the Delta humidity, the Delta heat uh, that one would experience. And there, there were times w- it, during my uh, college days at Ole Miss where the heat got just so, so bad so bad it it was just unbearable unbearable had to stay inside just did not want all motivation to do anything whatsoever non-existent i remember one of the hottest summers uh, i've ever experienced was uh that was the summer i went to war with a whole colony of wasps and that's a story for another day but um spoiler alert i won that war and uh, if you've known me for any extensive amount of time, you know that uh, one of my favorite things to say, if there's a wasp around, I go, oh, I'll punch a wasp. I'll punch it right in its stupid face. I don't fear wasps. I went to war with them. And I came out on top. So every once in a while, if, you, if you're around me and a wasp is flying around and you see me throw my fist, I'm, uh, that's me attempting to punch a wasp. I will freaking do it. But I digress. You would think with all of that, with all that training, all that prep, all the the life experiences in this sort of uh, other realm of, of hotness, that I would be ready for whatever New Orleans throws at me. But I got to tell you, I wasn't. Was not prepared for it. Uh, I think I, I underestimated it. I got got a little cocky in my ability to hang, and there was at at one point, uh, I believe it was Saturday night, the Saturday night of that weekend, I I was so hot. And also, th- this was a mistake on my part because I was wearing multiple layers, because I was under the impression that one of these nights we were all going to uh, dress nice. We're going to have like a like a, a dressy night. So of course, you know, I brought my my go-to dressiness, brought my, you know, brought the slacks, I brought the uh, the nice button-down shirt, brought the vest. I busted out the vest. That's right, I'm a vest guy. And the pocket watch. And uh, you know, I just uh, you know, get you and then uh, some some decent shoes, uh, dressy shoes, but they're these business casual shoes is what I call them, my business casual, because they can go 
with anything. You want to dress up? Put them on. You want to dress down? Put them on. Doesn't matter. Business casual. Uh, but they're, they are still not ideal for walking around in. And my other pair of shoes I brought were uh, my pair of uh, Chuck Taylors. And anyone can tell you, anyone who owns a pair of Converse's can tell you straight up, oh, you don't want to wear those walking around. That's a bad idea. That's a rookie mistake. And I knew that, but I just underestimated the amount of walking we were going to do. So, uh, yeah. That was, a, that was a mistake on my part, both times. Uh, just, uh, but, you know, what do you do? What do you do in that situation? Well, what you can do is this. You just keep drinking until the, the heat goes away, until your, uh, your, your thirst goes away. The problem is, you finish one drink, and you're hot again, and then you're dehydrated, and the next thing you know, bad things are about to happen. So honestly, with the amount of uh, amount of booze that was consumed that trip, I never got fully. Uh, I won't say I didn't get drunk, but I I didn't get fully messed up, shall we say? I was always on the precipice, but but it was always uh, tampered because in between alcoholic beverages, I'd have to replenish with a lot of water. Um, not because oh that's the smart idea. But because, no, I need water because if I put any more booze in my system, I'm either going to throw up or die. It's like I need water because I need something to uh, counteract what I'm feeling right now. So, uh, yes, a lot of water was consumed, a lot of, a lot of alcohol, a lot of, uh, a lot of decent food. But good times were had amongst us all. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. This it was a good time. Did we get to some of the? Uh, did we get to go to the places that we uh, kind of promised ourselves we'd go to? Well, not really. There were a few places I had in mind that I really wanted to check out. Never got to them. And uh, that's the thing about a place like New Orleans. You can't plan. You can't. I mean, you could, but you want to see where the adventure takes you. That's the real. Uh, that's the real adventure, really. You just just don't plan. You just kind of go. You hit the, you hit the streets of Bourbon. You hit you hit the French Quarter, and you just see what happens. That's the best advice I could give. If you're gonna go to these places, you're gonna go strictly to party. Uh, just don't plan. Just go there, and uh, you know you can always say, "Well, I gotta make sure I gotta hit this place." We can we can see where the night takes us, but at some point. I gotta go to this place. You can do that. Nothing wrong with that at all. I tell people all the time when they come to visit Nashville, every one of them want to do the same thing. They want to hit up Broadway. And me being a native, you know, I I avoid Broadway like the plague. And I say, you know what? You're a tourist. Go to Broadway. You need that experience. I'm sure the people of New Orleans feel that way about, you know, people who want to come visit that just want to hit up Bourbon Street. And they say, you know what? Go hit up Bourbon Street. Do it. It's an experience and you have to do it. But uh, you'll learn real, real quick that um, that the charm of that place will run dry, so to speak. 
And I get it. And that's what I tell people about Bourbon or uh, about Broadway in Nashville. Excuse me. I tell people like, yeah, you know what? Hit up Broadway, and and have a good time. Go to these places. But I warn you, that charm will well will wear off real quick. So what you want to do is make sure at some point you visit these places. And I will I'll name uh, a few places that are relatively in the same area. So it's easy. So you go to you go to the east side. You hit up the five points. You know you got multiple places that you can visit and uh, check out. And they're all in the same area, so it, it'll be easy. Or if you just want to stay, find one of those places that you really like and just kick it, kick it there the whole time. Great, you can do that. You'll feel more like a local doing it in some of these other places. But Broadway, that's just kind of yeah. Not for me. That's not for me. And, uh, you know, very, Bourbon Street's very reminiscent of uh, Broadway. More like uh, Broadway on a much higher scale uh, in terms of uh, foot traffic and in terms of, you know, just debauchery. And, uh, well, you get what I'm saying. But overall, it was a good time. We knew what we were in for in that regard. And we accomplished our goal. It was rare that we didn't have a drink in hand. And what was better is, uh, you know, our party coincided with the bachelorette party for the bride-to-be. Who also happened to be in New Orleans with her group as well. So, naturally, hey, let's get together. Let's have dinner. And we actually ended up hanging out with them uh, several times. So I guess you could say it was it was kind of a bachelor party, but also a mixer. Honestly, it was fine for me. I don't you know, didn't mind it at all. We had a good time with the ladies. We had a good time on our own. And I guess one of the things that uh, that kind of really really struck me about the trip was I had this moment, this realization of, wow. One of my, you know, closest uh, friends is is taking this journey where he is going to. Uh, I mean, he's he's going on to the next step, and uh, <laughs> that's not a pun. Um, but he's moving on, you know. He's 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 going off into another uh, uncharted territory, where frankly, if you had asked me a few years ago. Do I think I see this guy going that way? I'd say, eh, not anytime soon. No. If ever. I say the same thing about myself, though. People ask me, uh, you know, st- uh, nosy people ask me, like, Mark, when are you going to settle down and get married? And I go, probably never. That's my answer. That's my go-to answer because, you know, it's... I'm in no hurry. No hurry to get married. Why would you be in a hurry to, to rush such a you know big important thing? You have to make sure that you're ready. And I know it's so easy to get divorced these days, and that's what I think the 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 institution of marriage is just kind of ruined now. Despite my cynicism and despite, you know, all the the things about uh, relationships that I say, you know, these things work, these things don't, Uh, nine times out of ten, you're going to find that, you know, 
certain people that are together probably don't belong together because of A, B, and C. And it sounds, it sounds like I'm just a complete cynic about it, but I'm not because I do believe that marriage is a big deal. It used to be a big deal, and I think it should still be a big deal because it is essentially, it's a commitment, a full commitment that you're putting your heart, your soul, uh, your, your finances, your freedom, your everything. You are putting your everything into another individual, and you're doing that willingly knowing that this other person is doing that for you as well. It's a commitment between two people. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter gender. It really doesn't. It's a commitment between two people who are in love and they want to share that love with each other uh, theoretically forever. That's what it's supposed to be. For better or for worse, through thick and thin, sickness or in health, till death do you part. And that right there is the part that uh, I think a lot of people seem to forget. Now I'm finding more and more these days that, uh, you know, you don't have to, uh, you know, put a marriage on it to have a successful relationship. There are a lot of relationships going on out there right now that they are very happily content with not being married. And that's fine. That's great. You don't have to if you don't want to to do the whole thing and it's mainly because they don't want to they don't want to have the ceremony. I think people still believe that to be married means you have to go through the motions of uh, of the whole ceremony, the whole the whole act, the whole uh, 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 charade, if you will, of making this a grand thing. And it, you really don't. That's not what it is. You could just go to City Hall and sign a piece of paper. And there you go. But it's about the symbolism. It's what it means to be married. And to me, marriage is when you have found, without a doubt and completely, you have found companionship, true companionship. And you're sealing the deal with a pair of rings and a piece of paper. Sometimes you, uh, for, for the, for the, uh, the grooms, they're sharing their name with their brides. I assume that's still done. I don't know these days. These days people, they just, they keep their own names, I guess. But, uh, you know, for, for a lot of people, they still hold to the tradition of uh, taking the, the groom's name. Okay. But it's not about that. It's about finding your true companion. That is what marriage is. Finding that companion. Holding on to it. Being locked in. Uh, for for all things, marriage is okay. This is us. We are officially an us forever and ever. 
it's never it's it's, it's it's not uh it's not a you and it's not a me as individuals no now we are officially a team we are always a team so now it's uh you know this this is family you know and that's not to say that you can't still have that feeling of companionship and family uh like you can't have it if you're not married i'm not saying that uh i'm just saying uh, to me that's what marriage is is the full on commitment that we have now agreed that we are now uh we are in us forever and always No, you know, no, uh, no fine printing, no, uh, side doors or anything like, nope, this is us now. Nothing I do is going to be, uh, about me. Nothing you do is going to be about you. It, whatever I do and whatever you do is about us always. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing if you can find that. And I guess I had this moment when I was uh, I was talking to the uh, the bride to be, and I said, you know, I'm just really, really. I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing, but ultimately, what I told her, I said, I'm just really, really happy that you found your way into this gentleman's life because he needs you more than you could possibly know, and I'd like to think you need him too. And it was a nice moment, and I meant it, you know? Didn't mean to get all, uh... <laughs> it was, like, right in the middle of all of us partying together and everything, and I, di- I didn't mean to get so sentimental, but it just, it hit me so hard. And I just, I had to let her know. I said, this this is a good thing, and I'm, I'm excited for the both of you and your next step together. It's a great moment. It was a moment of clarity in the haze of, of uh, <laughs> call it what you will, celebration. There you go. The haze of libation and celebrations. I had a moment of clarity with it. And it made me think so much about what I am missing in my life. And there are a lot of things I could I could say. I was like, well, I'm missing this thing and I'm missing that thing. and the, But ultimately, it's just... It's the companionship part. I don't have that. I've honestly never really fully felt that I've had it. I've had past relationships, sure, and I've, uh, you know, I don't regret most of them, give or take. But it's the sense of, did I ever, if you were to ask me, did I ever see a potential long future with any of them? And really, I'd go, well, I don't know. A few I could say straight up, no, I knew what that was. Or I knew that one was doomed to fail. But uh, I was going to see where we could take it. Maybe I could be proven wrong. And there was one in particular where I thought, if, if it were allowed to go forward there could be a future and you know sometimes I still think about it I say well there could there could be a future there but you know you kind of just let things be you kind of just let 
let things go because you can't you can't just plan out your life the way you want it to go. You you can only you can only plan for how you hope it'll go. There's a very underrated movie. I'll call it underrated. Everyone else can probably call it whatever they want. I'll call it underrated. I love it. It's a movie called Dan in Real Life starring Steve Carell. And uh, he has a line in that movie because he's a columnist for a, uh, for a newspaper or, or a j- uh, journal. And his last line is the, in the film... He says, I I can't tell you what to prepare for in life, but I can tell you this, plan to be surprised. And it's kind of like this through line uh, in the the whole film. But I, but I, I love that line, plan to be surprised. That's the best advice you could ever give anybody as they're journeying through life. If I had heard that line back in high school and if I had been so fortunate to be valedictorian where, you know, they make that grand speech, uh, usually, uh, you know, a paint-by-numbers speech that no one really listens to because it just says the same, same, same thing, I would have slipped that line in, though, in my speech. I would have found a way to slip it in. They go, you know what? You can't plan for your life the way you think it's going to go. You can't do it because life happens. So what the best thing we can ever hope for is to plan to be surprised. Because life is going to throw you curveballs and life is going to be unapologetic. Things are going to happen. I remember I took a few years off of uh, school after I attended uh, my first year of college. And then I, uh, I dropped out after the first year. Did some... Uh, did some working, did some living in the real world for about a couple years until I ultimately did go back uh, to get my uh, my music degree in a different state. Uh, didn't know anybody. And I was a little bit older. A little bit older and had a little bit more of a life experience on my hand. And I remember uh, just being among all of these uh, younger people who completely just thought, I mean, they thought they had it all figured out. They knew what they were going to do. They're going to go, they're going to go here to school for a few years and then they're going to graduate and they're going to go off and be, uh, you know, it was the music department. So they all wanted to be a part of, uh, you know, the opera over at the Met, or they wanted to be in the, uh, the or- the London orchestra, or they wanted to go off and do this and this and this. And I go, you know, that's great. And that's, that's, that's awesome. But you got to figure that the way you think it's going to go, it's not. And some of them came to that realization, uh, you know, even after the first year of being there. And they're like, wow, this is really hard what we're doing. And it's really difficult. And a few of them, you know, I, 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 the ones that graduated before me and everything, they were, uh, as they were in the process of trying to accomplish those said goals that they had, those, you know, those unattainable dreams, they were starting to realize, oh, it's not going to be that easy. And I would say, no, no, it's not. You know, some of them really struggled to 
find, you know, occupations after graduating. Some of them were so desperate that they just decided, you know what, we're gonna, I'm gonna stay behind and I'm gonna go to grad school because I need to figure this out. And that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that journey. And that journey sent them on a, on a different path. Because you can't plan every little thing. You just can't. You have to anticipate that life is going to uh, present different options in front of you. Or that your decisions will cause a chain reaction. And things will happen differently. And it was just interesting. I just interesting hearing about how, you know, what the what what some of these kids thought that they were gonna do. And I go, Well, I wish you good fortune in that. But I don't think it's gonna happen that way. I just don't. And it's nothing against you as a person. It's just you have to understand that the world just doesn't work the way you think it works. The older you get, the more you'll understand it. I understood it. Didn't mean it was still uh, any less difficult for me, uh, you know, in, in my personal journey. But, you know, I still understood. It was like, well, I understand. I know that this is the way the world works, but God, it sucks. Sometimes it just really sucks. But that line always stuck with me. Plan to be surprised because you never know. And that was true. That was true then and it's true now. And it works the same way with, uh, you know, with relationships. You just can't plan certain things. You can't plan for your life to to go this way and, and expect to be... Uh, married and with children uh, if that's what you want to do you can't you can't just expect it to happen in the time frame you want sometimes it can work out that way sometimes it can but not always you can't anticipate these things there were people I knew that got married right out of high school and I said why why would you do that you've just denied yourself the you know freedom of your 20s You've denied yourself living your life. And some were content with that. Some were not. And some are now in a position to where they're finally starting to uh, enjoy the fact that they can, you know, they, they can live their life. But they still, I'm like, well, you still got kids to think about, though. You still got a, you know, or maybe you don't have a partner. I don't know. You got to think about all these things. You didn't. You didn't allow your. And they they talk about wanting to do all of these things that they never got to do. It's like, well, you kind of denied yourself that. You just got to have time to to think about it. It's pe- people are so impatient impatient to get their life going, and uh, you know all the paint by numbers ways that uh, that our society has has pounded into our brains of what it means to have a successful life and we are all in the generations now to where none of that matters 
it's just not the same anymore. We don't live in the 50s. We don't live in the 80s or the 90s. Things just don't work the way that they, I guess, quote-unquote, used to. It's not the same. You have to do things at your own pace. And I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at here. It's I'm at a point to where I just I can't rush anything. I'm not in a rush to get married and that was I was never in a rush. When I was younger, did I desire to have a companion? Absolutely I did. So much so that I think it uh you know, I think I over-romanticized the idea and it ruined a lot of chances that I might have had. You know, chances in dating or just chances to connect with someone. Even these days, sometimes I, uh, you know, I take chances to connect someone with someone and it just doesn't work out the way that I wish it would. Maybe I'm just too picky, I don't know. But I was overcome with emotions of uh, companionship and how, you know, while, while very, very happy for my friends, I just kind of, I kind of went, you know, I, yeah, I'm not in a rush to get married, but that, that right there, that feeling, I want that. Now I get it. Now I get what, uh, what Ted Mosby was, was whining about for, uh, nine seasons in How I Met Your Mother. Great show, by the way. But now I get it. You know, I, I get why why it was that, uh, you know, Ted was so, you know... But even, even Ted Mosby, this fictional character from this TV show, even he kept making the, the mistake of trying to plan out his life by every little finite detail. And the show revolved around how that's not the way it works. And how he was just so... I won't say desperate, but he was just so overly keen on getting his, uh, getting a family started, getting married and having kids. And that's a great goal for some people to have. They, they want to have a family and that's great, but sometimes you just have to take a step back and go, these things will happen in their own time. And if you force the issue, then you're going to run into a whole heap of problems. That's why people start ending up with the wrong people. That's when messy breakups and divorces happen. That's when resentment comes in. You can't have resentment in a relationship. You just can't. But all in all, it's just it's the companionship part that uh, you know I, I, I'm I'm still hopeful, you know still hopeful to, to get it. Um, there, you know, there, there've been a couple times where I thought, I think I've found it, but for whatever reason, it's just never worked out. Could be, uh, could be a personal thing with me. It could be a whole number of things. I, I could tell you straight up, there's a whole laundry list of issues I have that I'm sure prevent uh, said companionship from happening. I'm sure that there is. I am by no means perfect, you guys. And this is not a pity party podcast. That's not why I started this episode. 
I know it's a little different than what you're used to hearing out of me, but you know, I thought for for just a moment I would get real. So here we are. I had a good time in New Orleans and I had a, a moment of clarity realizing that uh, I, I know that I wanna I wanna feel the way I the way that I see that my my friends feel about each other there. It's like I wanna feel that way about somebody. Or I wanna feel that way about somebody I want it reciprocated. You know, I, w- I want to feel like I'm not alone. It happens. It happens to the best of us. I, you know, I got my good days and my bad days. Today is not a bad day. I'm just speaking from the heart. And that's all that Mark Talk is. It's me speaking from the heart. Because if I don't do that, then I'm just bullshitting you. And you don't want to listen to bullshit. Unless it's random bullshit that it doesn't matter. So, we'll end the uh, the, the, the pity party. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that wasn't supposed to be a, uh, a, a self-pity therapy session. But you know what? It felt good. And it's alright. And this is my show, so I can say whatever the hell I want. There it is. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I will do a non-spoiler review for the recently released Spider-Man Far From Home. That's right, the new Spider-Man is out, now in theaters. And your boy here has seen it. So I'm going to give you just uh, some brief thoughts, and we're going to talk about uh, maybe a little something that's coming up in the next, uh, next week that may or may not have something to do with Game of Thrones. We'll see. Uh, we'll be right back on Mark Talk. And welcome back to Mark Talk. All right, so where do I even begin? <laughs> well, it is Fourth of July week weekend, kind of. It's a holiday weekend, uh, technically speaking. Even though uh, you know the Fourth of July happens more midweek than anything, but well, it's. It, it's on a Thursday, whatever, whatever. And it's not even so much a weekend because, you know, since it's on a Thursday, we're all going to have to go back to work uh, on Friday right after it's over. So it's 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 more of a tease is what it is. But uh, due to it being a holiday week slash weekend, uh, that is the perfect time in the summer to release a new film. And that is what the people at Marvel and Disney have done with the newest addition to the MCU, that's Marvel Cinematic Universe, with Spider-Man Far From Home, the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming, and really the sequel to Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. And uh, again, this is not going to be full of spoilers at all, at all, but I will say at the top, it is best that you see this movie after you have watched 
Infinity War and Endgame. Because if you don't, you're going to be lost. Now, Infinity War and Endgame both have made billions of dollars by themselves. Billions with a B, uh, especially Endgame. Endgame is now the second highest film, uh, highest grossing film of all time. I uh, just, uh, I don't think it's going to beat Avatar at this point, and that, that bums me out. But oh well. But if you haven't seen those movies, then you obviously don't care. You don't care to see them at this point. Uh, but by the look, by the look of the numbers, I would say most of you. And if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen them. So, that being said, it's very important to have watched those films before going into Spider-Man Far From Home because a lot of what's going on is uh, predicated on the fact that you have seen them. If you haven't, you're just going to be completely lost with uh, certain story beats. But So, my overall thoughts on the movie, I loved this movie. I was really surprised by how much I loved Spider-Man Homecoming. But I remember walking out of that theater and I, I thought to myself, and I uh, and I did a review on it as well, and I said, you know what, that, that is the Spider-Man movie I've been waiting for. That's the Spider-Man movie we all needed. The, the one we all wanted, all of us who are longtime Spider-Man fans. That's exactly the Spider-Man movie I needed. I needed in my life. So how in the world were they going to follow that? Especially right on the heels of those two spectacular Avengers movies. And in my opinion, Far From Home does it. I mean, it just it absolutely nails every bit of, of character uh, and plot point that you need it to hit in order for this thing to really succeed and I think it really succeeds. I might be riding high from it having seen it, you know, just so so freshly, but I mean, I I I really 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 enjoyed this movie. Tom Holland of course has definitely solidified himself as the quintessential Peter Parker Spider-Man. Uh that guy just gets better and better after every time he does it. He just gets better every time we see him in something else. His career is blossoming. And I remember talking to my brother after he was cast as Spider-Man. I go, this guy's, this kid is going to be a superstar if they let him. And we're, we're seeing that now. We're seeing him, his rise to superstardom. Um, in no small part due thanks to how brilliantly he plays Peter Parker. And then we got our boy Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie as as Mysterio. And just, you know, again, without going into it, but I mean, the Jake is so fantastic in this role. And it's a, he's a fantastic actor. So there was no doubt in my mind that whatever they were going to give him for Mysterio, he was going to be able to do it. He was going to be able to uh, pull it off in spades and... There were some twists and turns in this movie that even I, uh, you know, who, who I, someone who considers himself pretty well versed in this whole universe, I go, wow, I never even thought about things that way. I never even thought this could be a possibility. 
wow. Yeah, and I just can't remember. I remember that that was my main thing I would say watching this film was, wow. It is unapologetically action-packed. It is heartfelt. Uh, even Zendaya. Zendaya, however you say her name. Um, although, I thought she was fine in Homecoming. But there were, there were things about her uh, her character portrayal that I was sort of like, eh, okay, I don't really, I don't know if I'm on board with that. In this one, she changed my mind. She absolutely changed my mind. And I, I'm completely on board with uh, where they go with her in the future. Uh, assuming, of course, they do continue to move forward with her character in the future. I, I would assume so. Uh, we get the added addition of uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill, played respectively by Sam Jackson and Kobe Smulders, and uh, those are always a de- those two are always a delight to see. I can never get enough of. Speaking of How I Met Your Mother from the earlier segment, Kobe Smulders, I, I'll never get enough Robin Shabatsky. You can never do too much, in my opinion. And Sam Jack, who doesn't love Sam Jackson, you know. But what really got me was how much uh, John Favreau as Happy Hogan is involved in this movie. I I thought he was gonna have two scenes at most, but no, he's he's got he's got a character arc in this movie, and it's really interesting to watch. And it plays off so well with his dynamic uh, uh, with with Tom Holland as Peter. He's kind of like uh, I won't say he's he's the new father figure. Uh, but I'll say he, he's more like that cool uncle. He's got that cool uncle vibe to him, uh, while at the same time being, uh, you know, still still trying to somewhat give uh, Peter uh, sort of a stable male figure in his life. You know, after the events of Endgame and, you know, what that, what it means going forward, uh, especially with Peter... Uh, you know, he, he, you can, you can see it in his, his, his portrayal. You can see it in his eyes. Just, uh, just that sense of loss. Uh, he just plays it off really well. I mean, the, this, I might even say this one's written a little bit better than Homecoming. Maybe just, or maybe that's from a dialogue standpoint, but I don't know. There was just, there are things about this one that I enjoyed more than I enjoyed Homecoming. Again, I could be just riding high because it's it's fresh in my mind. But I did just recently watch Homecoming, and God, man, I love that movie. I love that movie so much. And this is very, very much a worthy follow-up, I must say. But again, be warned, you cannot see this unless you have seen at least Avengers Endgame. Uh... Many of those plot points are uh, are factors in this movie, so be sure to do that and be sure to get to a theater and see this thing. Uh, see it this weekend, you know. It, maybe you do have Friday off. If you do, you got all that time to go watch it. And I gotta say, you gotta watch it. It is super fun, super heartfelt, action packed. It's just a it's a good time at the theater. And for the love of God, make sure you stay for the post-credit scenes. There are two. You must stay and watch those. They are important, both of them. So that is my uh, non-spoiler review of Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, 
is it perfect? No, there's a few things in there where I could have gone like, well, you could have probably paced that a little bit better, or did we have to get this part and whatever, but like I said, I loved it, and I had a good time, and I think you're going to have a good time if you like Spider-Man, if you like Marvel movies in general, you're going to have a good time at the theater. Go see this movie. Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I really have to say about it. It's, just, it's a good time. So, uh, onward forward, the last thing we're going to talk about, uh, it is nearly upon us, and by us I mean me and those of you who will be joining me at Con of Thrones. Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. It is finally happening. Uh, the the uh, Con of Thrones is still a relatively new convention. But it's happening here in Nashville at the uh, Hopperland Hotel. I got my passes like the day they went on sale because I said I am not missing this. I'm getting these now so that I have them and that's that's just that. And now we are fine. That was almost a year ago. And now here we are. Rapidly approaching. I've been talking to people. I've been, you know, networking getting to know uh, individuals who are going to be there, people that are, you know, fellow enthusiasts of Game of Thrones and the world of Ice and Fire. Um, there's a few people I wish could be there that can't be there, and that's a shame, but I mean, they'll be there in spirit. I am going to try my darndest to see if I can at least get an episode in during my time at the con, or might be post, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping to get a few guests. I'm working on that. And uh, we're going to see what happens. But I, I anticipate a lot of nerdy good times. This will be the first convention uh, of um, of what I assume will be many that is post the show. You know, the show, the show is no longer. We, 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 we have entered the territory of it, it's gone. Now our watch has ended. So now, how do we cope? Well, we go to a convention and we celebrate this show. You can have your opinions about how you felt the show ended. It's fine. But we are all, those who of us will be there, are going to celebrate this show that we love so much. There's going to be a lot of panels, a lot of guest spots. Uh, there's, a, there's a few in particular that I'm really hoping I get a chance to, uh, to you know, shake their hands, fist bump, say hi to. Um, but it's mainly the people. It's the, uh, the, the, the convention goers, the, the audience, if you will, that I'm really excited to mingle with. And I'm hoping I get to, I get a chance to have some conversations and just, just get chatty. Maybe I'll record them if I can. I will try my best, but I'm excited. It is going to happen. Uh, if you, Look, if you're if you're planning on going to Con of Thrones and you don't have your passes, you better get them now, man, if they're still around. <laughs> There's probably still a few available, but do it. Get yourself to Nashville. Join us at the con. Hang out with us. Greet me with a Valar Mogulis. You will be responded with a Valar de Hyrus. I swear to God, I'm putting this out right now. If you're listening and you're going to be at Con of Thrones... If you greet me with a Valar Mogulis, I will respond every time. Anytime I hear it, I'm going to respond to it. I am very, very excited about this. I This will be uh, not my first convention, but this will be my first convention in a long time. 
I always tend to miss the uh, the big ones because, well, for one, I'm in a state that doesn't have a lot of big ones. Uh, this one being the exception, and I'm assuming this one will be, you know, this will be pretty packed. But it's a big space, so there's there's no worries about that. But I wonder. I just I I wonder about uh, what uh, what I'm getting myself into with this one. But I'm excited. It is not going to deter my excitement for it. Cannot wait to meet all of you fine people. And I can't wait to just be a nerd in good company. You know, just letting the nerd flag fly. That's the best place to do it is at these conventions. We're all here for the same reason. That is when... The, the toxic, uh, you know, the, com- the community that's kind of like full of toxicity and, and what have you that you experience online, that's when it all falls away. When you're all in one, one singular place, you're gathered together, you're celebrating the things that you love. That's what I love about the idea of conventions. That's what I, you know, that's what I think conventions were f- made for. For people to get together and celebrate the, these things, to swap stories and swap, uh, you know, swap comics and memorabilia, to uh, potentially meet their favorite people from these things that they love, just to have a good time, all in the name of our our uh, our nerddom. I'm excited. And I know you're excited if you're going. And I cannot wait to meet you all, to hang out, have a drink, have a good conversation, have some laughs. I'm assuming there will be laughs. Cannot wait for it. And with that, I think I'm going to wrap it up. That will be the uh, that will be the the conclusion of the episode this week. And. Uh, Happy 4th of July to everyone, to everyone out there. Remember why we celebrate and remember to, uh, you know, be cautious when you're lighting fireworks. Bad things happen to people who don't take precaution. I have seen it. You don't want to lose a hand. Uh, You know, friends don't let friends fire fireworks intoxicated. Or if they do, under heavily supervision. Heavy supervision. <laughs> That's what... Just, just just, just, be careful. I will be on a boat all day, so that... Uh, well, if the weather permits us, let's put it that way. It's always a gamble in this part of town. But we'll see. I, I'm, I'm ready to just chill, sit back, relax for a little bit, and uh, enjoy the holiday. And I hope you enjoy the holiday. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for joining me for Mark Talk. Stick around next time for a good talk.